Hello, and welcome to Fun Theater Co. the podcast. This is Kayla, and I'm here with Marcus. How have you been? How have you been this week? Um, well, it just started. The week did just start. It started today. One of the first weeks of 2021. Yeah, it's already started off great. (laughs) Yeah, uh, crazy things are already happening. I feel like every time I get on Twitter, I'm trying to find out if uh, Trump is finally getting out of the White House or not. Right. You say as you open Twitter. Right. But whether, I mean, whether he's impeached or not, there are nine days left of this administration. I bet I really can't believe there are only nine days left. Yeah. We have lived with this man for four years. Four and years. Our entire time in college, we were under yeah. this very, oppressive umbrella. Very formative years. Um, you know, 19 to 22, 18 to 22. Yeah. yeah, they are. I think as we grow up, it'll say a lot about us. I think we're all... Uh, we're pretty cynical, we're pretty radicalized, but yeah, that only means that good things are going to come. Yeah, I'm definitely way more radicalized now than I was four years ago. Right, that's the point. That's the point of getting older and growing. So today we're here to talk about queer theater. Yeah. Which is exciting because we're kind of bound to that already, whether we like it or not. Right, as Being queer individuals, right. the both of us. Queer artists making things. Yeah. Where do we begin? I mean, it's a large <laughs> I mean, topic to cover. Where we begin starts with where we began. <laughs> the older I get, the more I appreciate queer art. And maybe not queer art, but because I've always been like drawn to queer coded media or queer media, like, totally. you know, High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ryan from yeah. High School Musical, that's gay. like crazy gay representation. Because, yeah. I mean, if they didn't have to say it. We all got it early on. And they we were never knew. like, this is his girlfriend. He like never had anything like that. He wore bedazzled hats. How how much gayer could you get? In 2006. Yeah. In 2006, he was wearing bedazzled hats. You know, if only that actor was gay. I don't think he is. Okay, so the actor, Lucas Gabriel, says he is not gay. And that he wouldn't play this character today because Ryan should be played by a gay man. That says Gray Beal, not Gabriel. I didn't say Gabriel. I said Gabriel because it says Gray Beal. Gray Beal. I don't know how to say this last name. Lucas Gabriel. Hit us up. <laughs> Tell us how to say your last name. So it makes sense to me as to why in this time they weren't thinking about right. casting Ryan as someone gay. Do you think they would do that now? Yeah, well, yeah, they cast straight people to play gay people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the prom um, yeah. that Ryan Murphy just produced that we saw a while ago. James Corden is playing that gay character. Yeah, that one That one was a little rough. That was a little rough, but it was a little bit the gay voice that he used. Yeah. And playing into the gay stereotype, which is inherently problematic in queer theater and queer representation is what, like, that gay stereotype is. 
But if it was a gay actor doing it, wouldn't it be perpetrating the exact same stereotype? Absolutely. So then what's the tea? I'm, I'm just probing you here. I think it, it comes down to queer people need better representation. Totally. We are more than what our stereotypes are, and we are more than just being gay. Like, yeah, it's big, but queer people deserve stories that doesn't focus around queerness. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I just feel like if the point is to normalize queerness and have it be on the same accepted level in society as straightness and heteronormativity mm-hmm. that I think in a perfect world, it wouldn't be a problem for straight people to gay play gay people because the opposite would happen just as often because, you know, the best people for the role are the best people for the role. Right. So, you know, our characters oftentimes are super different from us and that can come down to sexual orientation as well, because that doesn't depend on, it doesn't depend as much on what you look like, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I... So I think we should strive for that. Well, Because what's, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I don't know, I think it hinders or it can foster an idea of like, oh, like you're straight, you can't like act gay. Well, I don't think it, it, I feel like anyone should be able to play any roles. Yeah. So in order to foster that idea, yeah. you can't say that it's like a, a rule. But like no in, straight people can play right. queer people. But in that like same vein, you know, you have in queer theater, you'll have theater about trans characters and you can't have a cisgender person playing a trans character. Mm-hmm. What makes it, it different about being gay? Is being gay just more normalized than being trans? Well, first of all, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, it is, totally. Yeah. But, I mean, controversial yet brave opinion, I think I would feel the same way about that. Oh. Of course, not all the time. Who fucking knows? People, like, gain 60 pounds, lose 60 pounds to play roles, like, I mean, of course, that's unhealthy, whatever. But I'm just saying, I don't think you can put a hard, fast rule on anything like that. I mean... I obviously think there should be more of that representation and i would always hope that the majority characters like this are played by this but if we truly believe to not put anybody in any box then we should do the same thing about actors who walk into the room i disagree with you about cis people playing trans characters that's fair especially with the trans roles that have been written with what we have. With what yeah. we have right I'm now. I'm not saying I think I would ever do that, or right. I would ever make that choice, but I would hope that, I don't know, one day. I don't think it can very easily be appropriately done now, but hopefully I think it could be. In the future. Yeah, and so I don't think we can make those rules now. But okay. I think that the, um, I don't know, because how often do like, I mean, of course, it's like cis people playing cis people oftentimes but like when you like gender bend other characters or say that like this actor is gonna play somebody the opposite gender because that's just a weird choice that we're making if we're you know if we truly believe all genders are equal those lines can be crossed one day i think it'll get there so i don't think now we should say like that can never happen because then we're gonna hold ourselves we're gonna hold ourselves back from progress we like don't yet know about never say never never say never the words of justin bieber yeah 
But obviously that's like a super, it's a super touchy issue. It's a hard right. thing to, you know, wrap our brains around and figure out how, like, why artists make choices that they do and, you know, the implications on your audience as well. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's always going to be hard. And we'll be having this exact conversation for like the rest of our lives. I mean, it'll it, always be an issue. It's you know? our job as artists to question other artists. That sounds mm-hmm. really head ass, but what is art if you don't say why? I have a theory about why I feel differently about the aspect of like representation okay. in that way. What is it? And that's because I'm non-binary and I am not only confused by my own gender representation, but by like everybody else's. Like I feel like I see the world through a super non-gendered lens. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand why anybody has like a binary identity. It doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. now that I've kind of figured it out. I mean, you've constructively broken down your own right construct of what gender is. I mean, I feel like I say I mean, and I feel like a lot. And But I feel that there's something inherent to transness about breaking that gender conformity, whether you're a mm-hmm. binary trans person or a non-binary trans person. Totally. And there is nothing like working through your mind, how can I change this part of myself into this part of myself, how I want to be perceived, how I Mm -hmm. should be perceived, because that's who I am. Yeah. Society in everywhere is too binary. It is. How do you feel like that perception changes the work that we do and the stuff that we make? Because it has to. Yeah, it does have to. If that's our our lens and our viewpoint. Right. You know, I'd have to look back at the art that I created when I was still living in that gender binary. And I can't think of any theatrical work that I had any, like, design, any control, until after I had kind of come to terms and grappled with my own sense of gender expression. I didn't have any creative say. I was always part of stage crew so it was more physical yeah yeah for me i'd say that it kind of been still impact impacted by it before yeah like for oh, everyone for sure. even maybe Definitely. not in ways that we'll ever be able to definitively decide yeah. and prove but we've always been like this even before we knew so what makes theater gay what makes queer theater queer uh, queer theater is stories that involve queerness. <laughs> queerness. Us trying to make our essays longer. <laughs> queerness and the queerness in the world and how that impacts the queerness. <laughs> it's true though, because it is it's such a broad topic. Anything can be queer if you really want it to be. That's right. I've uh, I've said that many times. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can perceive it as someone queer making something. Yeah. Putting a queer lens on it. A queer playwright, it's like, okay, is that automatically queer theater? What if it has nothing to do with being queer? Right. You know, what if it's two straight people falling in love at a bus stop written by, like, a lesbian? Does that make it a queer play? No. No. It's just a play written by a lesbian. Yeah. Because I guess there are instances where it doesn't impact the story at all. But what about... Does it still make it queer theater, though? It's still a level of representation, so I guess it is. I mean, 
I guess queer theater would be a subcategory of theater that involves queer characters. It doesn't have to be queer inherently about queerness and about what it's like to live as a non-cisgender heterosexual person. Totally. Okay. Yeah, I see that. (laughs) Of course I see that. I mean, it's just hard to, like, draw that line of what makes it. Yeah. Because would you say... Like, there are different bubbles. Would you say Avenue Q is a queer piece of theater, even though there's a gay character, even though he does sing a song... I don't think that... I'm not well, gay. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's like a it's, staple yeah. in the American canon of queer theater, but I think it has... You know, I guess that's what makes the topic so broad because that moment of the show right. definitely is. But there aren't a lot of... You know, it's like a the moment in that show of the it's the two roommates fighting. Yeah. I don't know their names. Um, but... Nikki and Rod oh, okay. are their names. I love Avenue Q. Yeah. about how like i'd still be your friend if you were gay yeah and then at the end um rod comes in he's a first of all conservative gay and we know how we feel about conservative gays Mm -hmm. i see a lot of them on my facebook time (laughs) (laughs) um conservative gays who are now like not never mind that's another topic that's another topic (laughs) yeah um he's a conservative gay and at the end of the the show he comes in with his boyfriend that looks exactly like his roommate because he's in love with his roommate. <laughs> um, so is, like, Rod being made fun of? Is he, like, the joke, you know? Is he the butt of the joke? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little empowering, but he also is... He's kind of the butt. Yeah. But it's... I don't know. I, I think it's still a good amount of... I think it's a good mm-hmm. queer storyline. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. not they're the best. also ha- <laughs> this this sounds like really shitty <laughs> but like there has to be stories that are like pretty straight with like little like hints so that straight people are like ah oh, okay <laughs> like they're starting to like learn about gay people you know and what it's like to like he's a little yeah. bit of the butt of the joke but it's also like it's a little bit of a normalization kind of thing like yes, you're exactly. talking about you know, the guy telling his friend, like, I don't care. Because yeah. a lot of the show is him, you know, like, I mean, denying it, is, it. Yeah, from, like, the early... And people are being like, we still love you. 2000s? That's two, nice 2010s, yeah. maybe? Whatever year Wicked was on Broadway, too. Because well, Avenue Wicked... Q beat Wicked for <laughs> Best Musical. <laughs> Isn't that iconic? I mean, I've never listened to Wicked, and I would agree for with what? That. What do you mean? I've listened to songs here and there, but never. You've never all the really way just through. listened to it. I think yeah. you should. It's honestly good. I mean, I'm not a big a musical it's person. A staple. I mean, yeah. Defying Gravity, Idina Menzel. <laughs> that was right. Yeah. I think it might be like Adina, like Adina. Oh. Like an Idina. Idina. Because remember hey, John, John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> Adele Dazim. <laughs> How do we both say that at the same time? That's so relatable. <laughs> and that's queer culture. That's queer culture. <laughs> See, that's another... There are so many straight people who are queer icons. Yeah. Like John Travolta. And Cher. Cher. Dolly Parton. Beyonce. Yeah. Mariah Carey. Yeah. Dua Lipa. <laughs> hey, 
I don't know if she's a queer icon yet, but she might be. I thought she was. Oh, Taylor Swift? I don't know. I think icon, no. Taylor Swift is not a queer <laughs> icon. I know so many queer people who like Taylor Swift. What do you mean? Okay, I don't know. I just don't think that a couple of queer people liking her <laughs> makes her a queer icon. Lady it's Gaga? Like a staple of the community. Do you hear Taylor Swift in the gay bars? No. No. But you I do hear Gaga. I think that's what makes it. Yeah. Has there been a Taylor Swift um, lip sync for your life in the history of uh, RuPaul's Best Friend Race? I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up because I feel like that would be hilarious. Got I Meg mean, is yeah. a trans man on this season. That's uh, really exciting. I literally cry it's, it's huge. Every, it's huge. It's really. I've never exciting. had representation like this before. Yeah, that's wild. Team Gottmik. Team Gottmik. I saw an. Um, Gottmik for top four. Right? Totally. I saw this, like, a clip of a interview with Rue about that. About, um, yeah. like, Gottmik being cast and stuff. Because RuPaul's said lots of transphobic things in the past about Trans what makes women. drag drag and yada yada. Yeah. And he was saying, he was like, you know, I started the show with a really. Like, I had my idea of what drag was, of what right. I knew drag was. Right. But the kids today think something different. So it cha- it's changing. I mean, yeah, Which... I saw that too. And in a way, that kind of invalidates the trans women who have been on the show and who have come out as women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like he was saying that this is the first trans person we've had. Or the that's first true. real trans person. Yeah. Because there have been trans women on the show, but like trans man is something that they've never seen before. Yeah. Nor something talked about very often because we think of... Drag queens. We think of like drag kings from a different gender spectrum doing drag. Right. But to have Gottmik on TV being like, uh, I was born a girl, then I became a boy, and now I... Do drag. Become a girl again for money. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, work. Right. Like, it's anything anything you want it to be. And, I mean, Gottmik is just as much of a man putting on makeup as they all are in that room. Right. As I think the other girls in the season are. Inclined to agree. Yeah. 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 I don't think there's going to be any weird Which is good issues because... Or bees. It's great. We've had a lot of, like, moments on the show where it's like... Honestly, things just spread out of ignorance. And now there's a lot less of that. Yeah. You know, with social media and mm-hmm. Google being a fingertip away. Yeah. Don't ask a trans person. Google it. Yeah. It's my motto for 2021. <laughs> but read, read it from a good source. Yeah. Read it from a good source. But what makes queer theater queer to you? I think it is theater that has that message of, you know, what being queer is about and what the queer experience is like, while also including things that are other forms of representation of queer people in the Mm -hmm. theater. Like, Mm -hmm. if it's the playwright, but it has nothing to do with the story. Like, I think that still is a part of the queer theater canon, Mm -hmm. but not everything in that is specifically about being queer. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of content in the queer theater canon. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it was written by men, and a lot of those men are white. And they're keep gonna be in white. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna stop being white. They're not gonna stop being gay. Yeah. They're not gonna stop their writing. A lot of the big shows like Angels in America, Falsettos, mm-hmm. The Boys in the Bands. Yeah. 
you know, all of those. They're white perspectives showing. White perspective. The white gay plays, I like to call them, Mm -hmm. that only highlight the white gay experience, which is very different than the... We want more. Yeah. We want more. We want so much more. And that's why, that's why we've got a list of some plays that we're going to read. Mm-hmm. So Marcus and I have picked five plays by queer theater artists that we are going to read and then discuss on another episode of this podcast, which I'm super excited about. It'll be nice to read. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the first play on our list is Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris. Which I actually just read this past weekend, but I want to read it again, take notes on the styling of the play. It's really good. Yeah, I am, I'm super excited to read it. Jeremy O'Harris is a, a gay black man. Yes, right? uh, he is a gay black man who awesome. went to the Yale School of Drama. Yeah, Kristen's alma mater and Rick. Uh, the second play on our list are plays. We're, we're going to read both parts of Angels in America which, by Tony Kushner, which, you know, is a white gay play. Yeah. And it also, it's a really early super gay play that... It's a really early it super... It changed the game yeah. for everything else. That's very, like, yeah. surrealist almost in its oh, yeah. styling. It's wonky, and I love oh, yeah. wonky It's really plays. good, which I have it. It's on our bookshelf, and I think I have a PDF of it. Yeah, I have it. It's in uh, both Norton's. Oh, both them. parts one and two? Maybe. So maybe we have like four copies of Angels in America. <laughs> of course we do. That is awesome. Our third play is Will You Hold My Hair Back by Carmen LeBou. Who is, you picked this one for our list. I did pick this one. This one, we read the synopsis or the description of it earlier and don't remember what, what it said, if I'm being honest. Hey, that's all right. But I'm... It doesn't sound like it's inherently focused on being queer. Okay. Interesting. I think, yeah, a few of these on our list are by queer people and don't focus right. so much on right. being queer. And others, you know, obviously completely aren't. Carmen. So uh, that'll be a good thing to discuss. Y- right. It will be. Uh-huh. Um, Carmen is, I think, non-binary. Uses they, them pronouns at least. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to see more of. Let's. More they, thems. Yes. Yeah, right? They're out there. Um, the next play we're going to read is Sugar in Our Wounds by Donya Our Love. This oh, one? I'm I think super it's excited about Donye. Don't. Oh, God. <laughs> we looked up how to pronounce this. To we be did. Sure. It's Donya or Donye. But I'm super excited about this play. I believe it's in a trilogy mm-hmm. of um, plays, and this is, is the first one. I'm also super excited for this one. Gay Um, Civil War stories. God. We want more. (laughs) Yes. So I'm ready to read. I'm ready to read. You know, there's rumors um, in the Civil War. Not rumors. I think this is fact. Um, Women dressing up as men and to enlist in the army to fight. Oh, yeah. And then living the rest of their lives as men after the war had already ended. In... My ninth grade of high school, my AP world history class. You took AP world history in ninth grade? Yeah. Yeah, fam. It was a hard time in high school for me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And the final, it was like one of the projects at the end of the year, we had to make some kind of like top 10 Mm -hmm. presentation. Top 10 deadliest wars. 
top 10, I don't know, fastest runners in yeah, history. You had something to do a top something 10 like that. Countdown and I did the uh, top 10 cross dressers in world history. Yes. <laughs> and I definitely did something similar to that. And now looking back, wow. Look, looking back. <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> let's stop looking back. <laughs> looking forward, our fourth play on our list is Buzzer. Fifth play. Oh, fifth play. Yeah, right. Our fifth play on our list is Buzzer by mm-hmm. Tracy Scott William. And I also believe this is one that doesn't have, it's not a queer centric story. Oh, that's exciting. I'm not positive about that, though. The reviews I read weren't like, go see this super gay play. And right. usually plays that are super gay, you know pretty instantly. That there's you know, super they're gay. already shoved in that category. Yeah. All right. So get out get out the notes in your phone, get out a pencil and write down these plays. We are reading Slave Play, Angels in America, Will You Hold My Hair Back, Sugar in Our Wounds, and Buzzer. And we can also We'll put post these... this on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll You'll see all about it. But stay tuned for Part two of Queer Theater. Queer Theater. We're going to talk about these plays. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. I'm Marcus. I'm Kayla. And follow us on Instagram at fun.theater.